Discovery, go at throttle up. Discovery 4 computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Transmission coming in from the Starfleet Escape Podcast. Hello, Mr. Berry. Uh, hello, Mr. Gallo. Welcome to everyone joining us uh, for the first live broadcast of the Starfleet Escape Podcast. Oh man, I'm so excited. This is like our first uh, pandemic era stream. Yeah, a new frontier that we are going to explore together. You could say it's been a long road. You could. Getting from there to here, but then you'd have to like Enterprise. I very much do. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Don't we all? Oh, we got we got some four viewers. Thank you everyone for joining us on a Friday night for... Uh, some Star Trek talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, we've yeah. got Darren in the chat. Darren Moser, Dr. Sci-Fi. Oh, welcome, Darren. Hello, sir. Darren, we still need to play uh, Bridge Crew. Well, I'm going to make it happen. Go ahead. I, I wish uh, Eric Berry had uh, a PlayStation. Not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> you can't get, Mi- get PS4 cheap when uh, PS5 comes out. When five drops? Yeah. Sure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we just uh, kind of launch into our into our intro? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode 109, and is being recorded on August 14th, 2020. I'm Eric Berry. And I'm Aaron Gallo. It's been a long year. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long decade. Dude, tell me about it. <laughs> but uh, no, I was actually listening to our last episode, episode 108. We were uh, barely into Star Trek Picard. Yeah. And it was literally, I think, a week before I got to start working from home because of this whole pandemic situation. Mm-hmm. Days really have no meaning to me anymore. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I... <laughs> when you said Friday, I was like, oh, it is Friday. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a, a lot is going on. Uh, many people might be wondering, many, we've got four. Uh, people might be wondering why this isn't my usual background. Because I'm uh, at our uh, bedroom which this corner is Teresa's office and I'm on her computer because I did a BIOS update for uh, my computer and ended up frying my motherboard. So cool stuff. Yeah. That's uh, I hate technology. Yeah. You have to be careful with those things and uh, yeah. Yeah. You hope it's not going to happen to you, but when it does, Boy, do you spiral into a bout of self-depression and yep. wondering about your life. Mm-hmm. But that's not why we're here. We're here yeah. to talk about the freaking hilarious Star Trek Lower Decks. Let's not get too crazy. I don't know if I would call it freaking hilarious, but it's... Uh... I call it freaking <laughs> hilarious. You can call it whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Yeah, it's amusing. It is amusing. I'll give you that. Okay. But oh, we'll, we'll get into how it. are we going to rate this? <laughs> we'll get into it. Oh, sure. 
It's been a while. I'm trying to find the groove of, of the Starfleet Escape podcast. Especially since this is our first live video episode, it's kind of hard, hard to... Uh, not hard, but it's definitely a, a different aspect. It's a different animal. Yeah. yeah. It's a different beast. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we're trying to keep it entertaining for the live viewers. And I want everyone to know that Aaron did an amazing job oh. with these stream graphics. Thank you. Uh, I, I've been tuning into your Twitch streams when I can. Mm-hmm. And I think the work that you did on that is amazing. Like, I love these little like lines going oh. up and down yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's some movement. There's things happening. I really like this cutout. So uh, everyone should definitely give props to, Aaron, this is great. Well, I appreciate that. I, I did try to make it uh, look cool and engaging. Uh, like you mentioned, these lines are like video files that are just like going doop, doop. I used HitFilm Express, a uh, free video editor. You can, I don't want to get too technical, but <laughs> um, the good thing about HitFilm Express is that you can export with an alpha channel. Oh, nice so, to mask it out. Yeah. See, I know what you're talking about. I've got that's like yeah. Photoshop terminology going on. So yeah. I, I know. Yeah, exactly. And I have a little. I have to get my bearings here. Over there. <laughs> over there. Yes. Oh, see. Oh. Yeah. Is uh, a little escape pod with the yeah, rosters right right going. Oh, whoa! I I went too far. Uh, yes. Uh, well, there's one in the middle. Wait, where am I? There's one in the middle, <laughs> but that that one doesn't have like the launchy thing. There's one that's uh, kind of transparent. Oh, you mean up here? Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean up here? Yeah, that one. And for those who are listening, to listening the audio, to the podcast, the- <laughs> which this is not relevant at all. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll keep this on YouTube, so you can always mm-hmm. find us there. Unlike Twitch, YouTube keeps the videos forever. Very important. Very, very important. Yeah, indeed. But let's talk some Star Trek news. Yeah, let's let's jump into it. And something I'm probably of all these news bullets is the one that I'm most excited about. Absolutely. Viacom announced the name of the Nickelodeon series Star Trek Prodigy. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the logo. I love oh, yeah. the look of it. Prodigy sounds so inspiring for young people. I cannot wait to view what Nickelodeon has. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've got a good team going on with some great animation studio. I am really excited for a third animated series. I have high hopes for this. I want something a little bit more serious. I know this is going to be a kid's show. Well, it's from the people who done uh, Troll Hunters. And the animation is very good. But the storytelling, yeah, it can be funny at times. But it's a bit more leaning on that kid dramatic side of it. Okay. Like adults can still engage with it. It's still fun. But it is a little bit more dramatic and less slapsticky. Troll Hunters was a really good show. Okay. I, I haven't seen it, but I take your word on it. I have high hopes. I think it'll be good. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited for 
just to see anything about this. Like, let me see a ship. Let me see the character models. Yeah. Something. I, I think I think this is the one I'm most excited about, for real. Yeah. Yeah, same here. And, and for my birthday, Discovery is going to debut on October 15th. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Well, a little bit after my birthday. But I'll, I'll accept it as, as a good gift. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting forever, and COVID is what pushed it back. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's pushed everything back. Yeah. But because of that, we now get the wonderful marketing of 23 weeks of new Star Trek. Right. I, I dig that. Yeah. I mean, God, that's like half a year of Star Trek. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's crazy. <sighs> I'm so excited. And, you know, who knows? Like, you know, they may finish some more short treks or something that will follow up soon after. Right, because you want to make sure that there isn't too much of a gap. Picard was supposed to start production in, like, June, I think. Oh, yeah. So I think it will be a while before we get Picard. Which is a shame because I really liked that series for the most part. Right. And I know we haven't done like our full review of the series. That'll probably be in a future episode. Mm -hmm. But overall, I really enjoyed the pacing of Picard, the story. And I'm hungry for more because there's going to be even more cameos, even more special appearances. And I thought the way they handled those in the first season was very organic. It didn't feel forced. I'm looking forward to more. Uh, I heard rumors that people wanted, well, not rumors, but people online asking for a Janeway series. Would that be something you would be interested in? It's as a Voyager fan, as an unapologetic Voyager fan, that loves Captain Janeway, loves Kate Mulgrew. I think that would be something interesting. Mm -hmm. But my only reservation is then it this all becomes samey. So are we going to get a series for like every captain? Right. I think the one who deserves it most is Captain Sisko, but I don't think Avery Brooks is ever going to come back to television again. I would love to see Enterprise continue in some way. Give me that Romulan war that we were building towards, which could work because, you know, the actors have now aged appropriately. Why not? Right. But for Janeway, I don't know what they would do because she made it home. Mm -hmm. We saw her in Nemesis. She's become an admiral. Right. And... It would have to be like Picard. It would have to be something where it's a unique adventure. It would have to be something that is different than what's happened before. You can't have her like get re-lost in the Delta Quadrant or anything like that. Right. And plus, I would actually want to see her make an appearance in Picard, a future season. We've got Seven and Nine who transitioned from Voyager into Picard very organically. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that Janeway has talked with Picard in the past as well. Right. So I think it would be more organic for her. But listen, I have no doubt that 
Kate freaking Mulgrew would hold a show on her own because <laughs> she's done many leading actress roles uh, recently throughout the years. Right. And she is a phenomenal actress. I have no doubts that she would kill it in her own series. But what would that series be? Listen, yeah. I'm all for more Star Trek. Give me Star Trek all the time. We we went through a 10-year gap from 2005, or no, a four-year gap. But that gap felt, felt like forever. It felt like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's not counting because we only got one movie every two years. Yeah. Technically, there's a big gap of of years where we didn't have any new Star Trek. And I'm here for all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, not every show is, is going to hit all the buttons, but they're going after different audiences. So let them do that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely concur. And I think it would be better to have her do a cameo than yeah. have a, a complete series based on her. Mm-hmm. Speaking of series... Kurtzman says that Star Trek Strange New Worlds will begin production in 2021. Well, I mean, we haven't even talked about that news. The fact that there's even going to be a series. Right. A new Pike series. That's right. We haven't. This all happened during our time off. (laughs) That's true. Um, Yep. Strange New Worlds, Captain Pike and crew. I'm very excited. As am I. And I'm more excited about this than... The Section 31 series, which is also supposed to start <sighs> production 2021 sometime, probably. Yeah, and I think I, I think you're right. Like, this Star Trek Section 31 series, that's the one I'm, like, maybe least excited about because I don't know anything about it. Obviously, it spoils somehow the storyline for Discovery Season 3, because last time I checked, Michelle Michelle Yeoh's character went with them into the future. Right. And they said there was no chance to get back. So without knowing the outcome of that season, I don't know. Yeah, I think it would make more sense to have Section 31 just sprinkled in other series than having a whole mm-hmm. series based on it. Which, uh, funny enough, there was a joke about Section 31 in the newest Lower Decks. Indeed. The Power Walk. Power Walk, yeah. Oh, they should so have someone doing the Power Walk in a live-action series. I I would die laughing. Yeah, that would be fun. I would die laughing if a reference from the animated series jumped to the live-action. Yeah. Which it has happened from TAS yeah. to Enterprise. Yeah, many times. Yeah, so definitely could happen. Mm-hmm. And something most relevant, uh, you can watch episode one of Lower Decks free for a limited time on both YouTube and Pluto TV. If you know Pluto TV, it's like a li- live TV, so you have to catch it at the right time right? to see it. But YouTube... Obviously, it's on demand. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. I think this is a great idea that they do to entice new viewers to get into CBS All Access. And, you know, watching these two lower decks, I've been having a blast with it. So Mm -hmm. if you like the first episode, 
I think the second one continues that progression of, of being funny and, and entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Yeah, so if you like episode one, I think you'll like episode two even more. Oh, yeah. I, episode two, in my opinion, was the better of the two. Yeah, so. it's it's like all Star Trek pilots. You yeah. know, you're feeling out the characters. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. You're getting invested into the world. So, right. yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, the only Star Trek pilot that I like is the original series. And I like both of the pilots for the original series. Really? Yeah. What about Broken Bow uh, for Enterprise? All I remember about that is that a farmer shot a Klingon with, like, a plasma Dude, rifle. <laughs> you need to rewatch Enterprise. I, maybe I do. Maybe I do. It's been uh, a while. Yeah, because I, I haven't been cheating on the podcast, uh-huh. but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but one of my friends uh, has a YouTube news network for various nerd culture. Okay. And so, like, they have their own live stream for Power Rangers, uh, for wrestling, for uh, Star Trek. They recently created one. Uh, it's called the Riker Maneuver. And I've actually been on a couple episodes of those. So you got someone like me, a Trek veteran, who's watched everything mm-hmm. and the, then the two co-hosts i'm just like i'm semi-regular i'm not even like a regular co-host because i can't commit to like every right. saturday <laughs> yeah but uh but no i've been for uh some select episodes and actually tomorrow uh i'll be on again because we've reached the andorian incident which oh. is my favorite alien species as everyone knows mm-hmm. And it, it was the first introduction of the Andorians after so many years. So, yeah, check out the Riker Maneuver on on YouTube. But, no, it's, it's funny because the main host, who's the owner of the network, mm-hmm. never watched Star Trek oh, at wow. all. Kind of, like, put it, like, he just kind of brushed it off, like, whatever, it's that nerd, whatever. Mm-hmm. He gave Enterprise a chance because he said... If I'm going to get into Star Trek, I want to do it chronologically. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, obviously, start off with Star Trek Enterprise. Mm -hmm. He has binged almost the entire series in two months. Oh, wow. He he is on board for Star Trek. And, you know, I I get asked that question sometimes, too. Everyone's like, well, I want to get into Star Trek, but where do I start? And... It's hard to answer that question because you have to ask yourself, well, what kind of stories do you like? Mm -hmm. Do you like animation over live action? Then maybe Lower Decks is for you. Do you like something that's more closer to our timeline? Then you may enjoy Enterprise more. It's it's a very hard question to answer because I think it's so individually focused. Yeah, and I think... With Star Trek, there's something for everybody. So you'll find something mm-hmm. you like. Yeah. As long as you, you know. Just keep an open mind. Yeah, yeah. Take take the time, watch an episode of each series, and yeah. see what you think. But yeah, so moving on to my favorite segment of the show. Would you buy it? Oh, Eric, did you see what it was? <laughs> <laughs> I I did see what it was. Thank you for uh, reminding me. No, I uh, 
I checked the show notes earlier, okay. so I I know I know. Okay, all right. Uh, so would you would you buy it? I I'm on the fence. Okay. Because I like the artwork, I like everything involved in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I I do have a record player. Oh well, now I'm giving it away. Spoiler I have a player. <laughs> I have a player for this, but yeah. I don't I don't collect these. I see. So I think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. I would buy it if I if I was more into this, but. Yeah. I'm not into this type of product. Okay. But I would I would buy it if I was. How about that? Okay. I would definitely consider buying it. Okay. Uh, I as well have an apparatus to use this. <laughs> uh and I actually have well let's let's show what it is. Okay. It is the Star Trek Picard original series soundtrack. Uh, with transparent green with splatter vinyl. So it's kind of a cool design on the actual record. Yeah. No, like I said, this looks great. If there was a CD version of this, mm-hmm. I would probably pick it up. Or if I could buy this digitally. I love the music of Star Trek Picard. I think it's uh, very moving and memorable, especially that theme song so i would definitely consider this but just give me a different format i don't need the fancy Uh, (laughs) green splatter or whatever that is well i'm sure that they will have this on cd as well Mm -hmm. but there are collectors of vinyl i have a star trek cd from the 70s not cd of vinyl vinyl Uh, i I believe it's a 45 from the 70s. And, wow. And it's a, uh, oh, maybe early 80s. No, 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 no. It's it's from the... <laughs> well, what is it? The original the original recording, I believe, is from the 70s, but it was re... Uh, remastered? Not remastered, but re... Uh, repressed. Repressed with different artwork. So it had a picture oh. of uh, the motion picture crew. So with the those beige uniforms and stuff, those are horrible. Those are horrible. <laughs> they are horrible. But it's a uh, it's an episode. Like it would be an audio version of an episode. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, it's it's pretty cool actually. Our friend, oh, what's his name from uh, the nerd party? Oh, uh, Tristan. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I was drawing a blank. Tristan. Uh, has has that as well i believe oh very cool we've talked about it online wow probably years ago at this point (laughs) probably like three or four years ago who even knows time time is the fire in which we burn aaron that was a good reference (laughs) deep star trek cut yeah if you think generations is deep but yeah anyhow uh hmm. moving on (laughs) So we have a series summary just to get us up to speed with what Lower Decks is. Aaron, what the hell is Star Trek Lower Decks? This comes from uh, StarTrek.com. The spiel I'm going to read right here. Star Trek Lower Decks focuses on the support crew serving on Starfleet's least important ship, the USS Cerritos, in Mm. 2380. So just after Star Trek Nemesis. Indeed. 
That uniform changed quick, bruh. Uh, <laughs> they were like, you know what? We're sick of war. Let's let's bring back some uh, cool uniforms. Cool? Mm, colorful. I would go with colorful uniforms. It's just like an upgrade of the TNG uniforms. I don't know if I'd call it an upgrade. Actually, it kind of it looks... <laughs> You're like, I hate them. <laughs> it, uh, if anything, it reminds me more of the unused uniforms from Star Trek Generations. Which they were going to use anyway, so why not? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, slightly, it reminds me of that with that little yeah. detail of the thing going down. So, Ensign's Mariner, Bulmer, Rutherford, and Tendi have to keep up with their duties and their social lives, often while the ship is being rocked by a multitude of sci-fi anomalies. I love the poster. Yeah, the poster, especially with the folds in it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a nice touch. I like it. It's very nice. Yeah, this is such a great jumping off point. Uh, for anyone who wants to get into Star Trek, mm-hmm. you may not get all of the Easter eggs and the deep cuts, but you don't, but have, to. I, but you don't have to. Yeah. It's still, the comedy is still relatable. Yeah, I, I dig it. Have you seen someone redid this poster? With the actors. Yeah. Looks the so real good. life. So, oh yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I showed uh, Teresa that poster and and she loved it. She loved that they actually used the voice actor's likeness yeah. uh, for a live action version. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. I would love to see how they incorporate these characters into Star Trek timelines. Ooh, yeah. If they do like a more realistic version. Yeah, that would be interesting. I would, I would actually really like to see that. But do they have some... Animated. They have animated series characters in timelines. Yeah, how do they look? Do they look like they're consistent with the artwork for the whole game? Okay. So a more realistic approach. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting to see where they go with it. I, I would love that personally, and and why not? It's it's a new Star Trek show. Yeah. It's in canon, supposedly. See, Darren says 100% there for a USS Cerritos in Star Trek Bridge Crew. Oh, okay. It would. Oh, I saw something where someone did a mod of Star Trek Voyager Elite Force oh. and modified Voyager, the hallways, the all the stuff for the hallways and stuff and the bridge. And they remapped it to look like the Cerritos. Oh wow! I'll have to find that link, but I'll I'll send that to you. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I have I have Elite Force. Well, apparently there's like a whole modding community that reskins the game. Yeah, I, I would be interested in that. I don't have it installed. I have Elite Force Two installed because I am a fan of Captain Picard. So uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Cerritos, what do you think of the uh, California class starship? So I think it's I think it's interesting. It's a next generation era version of like a Stargazer class. I think it's really interesting that it doesn't have like a neck yeah. per se. Right. 
like everything runs through the pylons for that secondary support. Mm -hmm. So it's a really unique design that I think works because nothing's saying that Starfleet can't make ships like this. There's, there's nothing in the canon. We've, right. we've seen some odd designs before. Mm -hmm. This actually reminds me now that I think about it more like the O'Birth class, just without the secondary thing in the middle. And that had a weird configuration too, because the saucer was floating above it and the pylons were connecting from the outside. Right. So I, I think it's a very unique design, and I was reading up on the California class uh, from Trek Corps. Mm -hmm. you, so you see that yellow stripe yes. on the ship? Mm -hmm. Apparently, the California class is like a workhorse-type ship. So this is like an engineering support vessel. There's a red stripe for like command and diplomatic situations. Oh. And there's a blue stripe version of this ship for medical emergency medical situations. Huh. Interesting. So that's a little design aspect of, of the California class. And all of the shuttles are named after places and monuments in California, the state of California. Yeah, I noticed that, like the Yosemite shuttle. Death Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The So the only thing I don't like about this ship uh -huh. is the name and registry face the back of the ship. It's it's backwards. Yeah. It's weird. It throws me off. Every time I see it, I'm like, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really odd. I, I don't understand why they would do that why that would be a choice i'm i'm trying to concoct some weird you can't, uh, you can't. fanon thing <laughs> it's um I, I i don't know maybe if they're docked because they're a support vessel you need to have the registry facing outwards when it's docked i don't know yeah i i, I don't know but i really dig the design otherwise i like the side profile Yes. I think the side profile looks really slick. And I am so glad that they had the master system display in the first episode. I am a Trek tech geek and I love master system displays. Mm -hmm. So to see a master system display and they're actually using it as a joke in the series, like don't go anything below this deck. It's it's wonderful because we got some amazing close-ups. Mm -hmm. I was just waiting for like the rubber duck to make an appearance. Yeah, or like the or the Ferrari or whatever. Yeah, on the uh, wheel. Yeah, the nacelles are interesting. Definitely nothing like in the next generation that I remember. Right, and I think this is more because it is in twenty three eighty. I like that it blends the next generation with the saucer uh -huh. type, but we've had some funky nacelles in like Voyager mm -hmm. and some other like future Starfleet ships and like the Titan and some of those other ships we've seen once Voyager ended. Yeah. So oddly enough for me, it, it, it all works together. 
No, it definitely works together. And I guess the the nacelles are the one place where you can like have fun and not yeah. worry about Because especially if you if you have to consider that part of the nacelle housing here has to include turbo lift and like Jeffrey tube access to get to uh, the warp drive and ne- navigational deflector pod. Although they could just site to site transport. They could probably not very reliable. And I don't know if you would want to do that every day. Oh, all day, every day. <laughs> Beam me up. Beam me up. <laughs> Darren says he uh, hates how, uh, we don't have a master system display for Picard or Discovery. I think for Discovery, I mean, we've seen like cutaways and like little wire things in the background, but yeah, I'm, yeah. And with uh, with Picard, like, yeah. what is that? Like a two deck ship? Like, I, I think we I, got it. <laughs> I really don't know how the ship in Picard works. Yeah. I, I, the scale of the ship doesn't seem right with all the rooms. I don't know. I And and Darren, I'm totally with you. I, I want more too. I mean, give me all of the truck tech. I want to know what the what the big deal about a purple stripe on a tricorder is. Like Oh gosh. I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> but overall I, I, I like I like the California class. It's it's pretty nifty. Yeah, I like it. I know there are gonna be haters that like to hate. But uh, I dig it. And we don't worry about them. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, it's fun. So this is the first series to focus specifically on lower rank crew members. I love it. Discovery was the one to kind of break the mold, I think, since they had... Yeah. They didn't focus on the captain. So this continues to break that mold. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we still have a supporting cast but they just happen to be the higher ranked individuals. Right. It's it's funny how this series has turned the bridge crew into the secondary supporting cast. I think yeah. it's a really smart move. The bridge crew takes on the B plot of the storyline. Right, right. So it's interesting. It's it's cool. I like how they do it. Well, I think it makes the lower deck characters here i think it makes them more relatable yeah and there's something in the second episode that i want to touch upon that relates to that i don't know if i can talk about it now or if we're going to do more of a summary what else do we have here we have some easter eggs and callbacks uh you can go go ahead and jump in okay so in the second episode which is called envoys there's two great moments with rougher Rutherford Mm -hmm. where he's trying to quit whatever division and the dramatic tension swells and you think there's going to be a conflict. They're like, that's wonderful. It's great. And I thought that was a great Easter egg about Gene Roddenberry's vision that there would be no conflict. Uh And so they turned that into a hilarious moment joke in the series where you think they're going to be like super pissed and mad and mad about it. But they're like, Oh my God, follow your dreams. This is fantastic. And everyone's like, yay. (laughs) I, I thought that was a very great way to supplement the trope of like, I'm quitting my job, Mm -hmm. but in the star Trek way that we know it should. Yeah. I, uh, I dig, I dig that. The second episode was definitely my favorite of the two. Well, let's talk about the characters. Sure. 
So we have Tendi here. Is this the first Orion that we've seen in Starfleet, aside from that one mirror universe in Enterprise where they had the Navigator? So as like a Starfleet officer? As a Starfleet officer. Well, no. Uh, well, the Kelvin movies, of course. Right. Yeah, you're right. The Kelvin movies. But we've never seen, I don't think we've seen in the next generation era, an Orion serve. I believe you're right. I, I don't recall an Orion. But I loved that we got a little bit more of the Orion culture when Tendi wanted to see part of the homeworld for the Orions. And that's the first time we've seen Orion, the planet, in Star Trek. I believe you're right. I don't so no in Enterprise, that was just like an outpost. No, it was that was just an outpost. Okay. We've never seen the Orion uh homeworld. Okay. That's interesting. A new piece of Trek canon for an established ca- species that dates back all the way to the original series. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm here, I'm all here for all of the Andorians in Star Trek Lower Decks. I mean, we've got them on the Cerritos. There was a whole Andorian district on this planet they went to in the second episode. The the one guy had an Ushan Tor, like the ice pick from Enterprise. I I was here for all of it. I love these little Easter eggs. I love the continuity. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's fantastic. Yeah, um, I knew you would like the uh, so many Orions actually. Uh, There's a lot of Orions, they're just like in the background, like yeah, it's pretty pretty good. But but that's the beauty about animation yeah. when you don't have to worry about makeup budgets right. and all of that stuff. You you and it makes the world feel more natural the the universe of Star Trek feel more natural, not just like oh hey it's this humans only club you know right uh that definitely helps you've mentioned rutherford who is in the second episode changing career paths well i liked in the first episode i liked his b plot going on a date and they end up helping save the ship we even got out of ship evie walk right which i thought was fantastic that was cool so i wonder if tendy and rutherford are going to be just b plot characters i hope not i hope that they get their own chances to shine i would love to see just an episode all about tendy and Mm -hmm. what she can bring to the crew and i think we'll get that over time especially considering that a second season is already confirmed for this so that's great i definitely want to know more about rutherford because in the first episode it's mentioned that he's only recently become cybernetic Mm -hmm. and whatever the emergency situation was, it had to be a Vulcan based implant. Right. So there's a backstory there, whatever he did that got himself critically injured and somehow maybe surrounded by Vulcans. And that's the only thing that they could give him to save his life. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know if like, his implant has a Vulcan point or not? Can't yeah. can't tell. It does. It does. They they, they mentioned. I know they mentioned that it's a Vulcan implant. Uh, like, well, she had to reprogram it because it was giving it was making him more logical. <laughs> right. 
And I think I think he did the Vulcan martial arts when he was battling the Borg in the second episode. Right. The Susmana. Yeah, like he was like, there must be something here. And then I, I wonder if the implant was just controlling his movements or if he was just tapping into the knowledge and using it. I think it was I think it was actually controlling him because he's like, Whoa, I didn't even know I could do that. And it felt like he was getting pulled around rather than leading it. Yeah, see that I'm I'm not sure if I dig that or not. Only because that kind of takes away his humanity. Sort of Well, maybe they need to explore the humanity more. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe this will be <laughs> uh, a d- plot device to do that. And it's interesting, we don't really see many cyborgs, unless, I wonder if you could consider Geordi a cyborg because of his implant, his visor. Speaking of visors, we saw a couple more people in the background have visors Mm -hmm. in the first episode. Which is interesting, only because Geordi had to get rid of his visor because it was Mm -hmm. a security risk. So it's kind of weird that we see crew members still have visors and not just complete ocular implants. Yeah, you're right. I think, you know, maybe that's something that they fixed afterwards. Maybe. And it could could be a choice, too. Like, do you want to get your whole eye replaced with, like, a robotic eye? Or do you want to keep your organic eyes and just have something that supplements it? And when Rutherford went on his date, his date mentioned that her father was like a cyborg or had cybernetic implants. Right. It's uh, it's weird that like we see it in Discovery. We don't see it at all. At least I don't remember seeing it in Next Gen or Voyager. Well, well, I would take that back a little bit because like the binars are part of cybernetic that's i guess i i mean for humans for oh for humans yeah, yeah. well i think Jordy is the most yeah obvious example and we only saw the enterprise d in next generation yeah. we didn't that's we true. didn't get to go off much of the ship so that's true a valid, um, valid point it, it's a big it's a big universe yeah a valid point valid point yeah so it's it's interesting because i mean we see it in discovery it's mm-hmm. kind of in your face in discovery actually and we saw it in the Kelvin universe movies too. Mm. So it's interesting. It's cool that we see it. It's interesting that we see him battling. Uh, spoiler alert! Some holographic Borg. That that was cool. That was a nice throwback to First Contact. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, the uh, the the chief of security. I forgot his name, but um, he's a like badass Bajoran. Yeah militant uh, almost and i i really liked he's uh voiced by uh fred i'm gonna butcher his last name but you know very prolific voice actor that's done a lot of great work in in animation yeah uh i really dig his voice yeah pretty good it's, it's very distinct yeah yeah most of but it. but when he was like by the prophets <laughs> and i was like oh yeah prophets there you go <laughs> yeah yeah no that was definitely cool and we've got uh, Beckett Mariner, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm very I'm very intrigued by her character because she's like the complete 180 opposite of Michael Burnham, mm-hmm. and 
she's the leading one, the leading character in lower decks. And I love the twist at the end of the first episode where we find out that the captain is her mom, right? Even though it's a different last name. So there's a story there and it made me think about what happened in the second episode where she is really experienced and she's had all this, you know, all these experiences and Boimler says, but wait, aren't we the same age? So I think because her parents are now like an admiral and a captain, maybe growing up, she was on a ship like the Enterprise. I'm thinking, what if she was the Wesley of her ship growing up? Interesting. And she got into trouble and she got into all these adventures Mm -hmm. because her parents were Starfleet. I would love if that was the case. And they explored her past more in the series because that would be viewing it from like, well, what if Wesley stayed in Starfleet, but also became kind of a jerk and drunk and (laughs) kind of jaded about everything. Right. So yeah, she's, she's kind of this really rebellious person. And we know that she's been demoted because they, they mentioned in the first episode. So I want to see how far she got ahead before she fell. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, if we can look at her roster and uh, just, like, go through her history mm-hmm. somehow. That'll be cool. And, like, the character I most identify with is Bulmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, him. He's, like, by the books, but very... Uh, Almost neurotic in a way. Yeah, he he's definitely trying too hard. Yeah. I think it's a good mix to have Mariner and him kind of like play off each other. Almost like the odd couple. Yeah, almost like a McCoy and Spock type of yeah. relationship. And that's so great about what Star Trek is all about is that we have four very different characters here. And they are forced to work together and somehow they succeed. And I think that's, you know, part of the message of Star Trek. I agree. The crew is very diverse here. Oh yeah. So diverse. I I mean, there's, there's so many different alien types on the Cerritos. I mean, Bolians and Andorians and, people with visors, Benzites that we saw. Yeah, we, that was cool. The, the guy with the big forehead from that Next Generation episode they, one time. They all have big foreheads, though. No, the big, like, <laughs> I, really no, big, huge... Yeah. yeah. Actually, why don't, we, and, why don't we jump to the callbacks and Easter eggs? Oh, here? well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Bo- Boimler, I, I think he's a, a by-the-books character. And so he's playing the straight man Yeah, and kind of like... Well, if I was a Starfleet officer, this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he can grow his character in, in a different way, which is great. Yeah. I really like, is it Jack Quaid? Yeah. Jack Quaid. If you haven't seen. He's. Oh, good. Oh, the boys. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Actually, someone else on Twitter posted a picture that they made of uh, Simon Pegg as Scotty and, uh, Jack Quaid as uh, Bulmer. 
Is that how you say his name? Oh my god. Yeah, it, Boimler, Boimler, I think. Yeah. Uh so but like, you know, live action. So it it was it was really nice. Jack Quaid retweeted it. Oh, that's so, very cool. Yeah. So we were talking about callbacks and Easter eggs. Both episodes had a ton, probably too many to name. Oh, it's a, it's a bunch. I mean, I you look at Trek Core. Props to those guys because they do such a great job of catching all of those Easter eggs and tweeting about them. And I found this one guy. I retweeted him. He pinpointed all of the aliens. Let me link this to you in chat. It's insane. This guy found all the background aliens for species that that we know about in Star Trek. So I'm I'm going to link that to you in the chat. Okay. Check that out because I was floored. There was stuff that I missed. Oh wow, insurrection aliens there. Yep, the the Avora, we've got the Aurelians from the animated series. We've got Morn species and then even uh the Arconians from Enterprise. Wow. And that's that's not all. There is like a whole other post. Now this one, this one will blow your mind. Let me get the link for this. Okay. This one, you're going to be like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. <laughs> what? This is a thing? <laughs> yep. Uh, wow. And I, I'm going to link one more. So because because people can't read what you're referring to. So yeah, it's the Aurelio... They are seen in the background and out of focus in Star Trek IV Federation Council. And there's actually artwork. They're supposed to be almost like a centaur-type race. But you've ne- you never seen the back portion in the movie. It was only in the concept art. But here, in Lower Decks, they made it a reality. Apparently, it's from. It was based from an uh, FASA Star Trek IV source book for the '80s RPG. Uh, on-set makeup wasn't four-legged, but we never see the two airy olos below their waist. So that's the only time you see them is in that movie, but. Based on this concept art, that's who you're dealing with in uh, Lower Decks. And if you click the last link that I gave you. Okay. So this species, the Arcturians for the motion picture, the guys with the melty faces. And they're even carrying in Lower Decks are even carrying the same bag style. Oh, wow. These are super deep cuts. That is crazy. That Those are deep cuts, and you would definitely not pick that up unless you were looking. So that's why I think Lower Decks has such a great rewatch factor. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Wow. It, it's crazy. I mean, we even get the other animated series, Alien. And this, the, the Alien from yesteryear, mm-hmm. uh, I actually got him as a character in Timelines. So <laughs> his, his character is in Timelines. Yeah. I've definitely seen that character. Not if you didn't mm-hmm. tell me this was more in species, I probably would not have. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit hit or miss, but for the most part, it's it's kind of accurate. Yeah, I mean I think it's just a kind of recessed head, I think. Yeah, and the teeth. But the other things, that's that's pretty awesome. Went into that detail. Yeah, like I'd have to really go back and and watch these because man, there's so many little Easter eggs. 
And I had to really pause when I did my rewatch. I had to pause to find that four legged species picture. Mm. It was like literally a cut after the, you know, whatever the commercial break was. Right. I, and it was like right there. I didn't even know these aliens existed. But see, that's the you see all these comments from people that are like, oh, it's not canon. And it's not this. And it's not that. And it doesn't respect Star Trek. And they're pulling deep cuts like this from Star Trek lore. Mm. I think the entire crew and the directors and the producers for this series have pulled out all the stops to give these really deep cuts and make the universe of Star Trek feel, um, you know, more alive. I mean, heck, the main doctor in Lower Decks is a Cation. Right. So very cool stuff. Very cool. I dig it. And in the first episode, we had an Argo buggy from Nemesis. Yeah. And they're in the Master System display, too. Yeah, that's cool. I think they were in the Master System display of uh, the Enterprise-E as well, I think. They they were. Yeah, so that's cool that they included them. Another thing that is interesting that they included was, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Cetacean Ops? Yeah, Cetacean Ops. Navigational dolphins, baby. We got them. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> weird. And the only reference to them is in the technical manual. They also and the blueprints. They also make reference to it. Strangely enough, in yesterday's Enterprise, where you hear them, Wait, they announce it over the intercoms. They say cetacean ops yeah. in. Oh wow! I'm gonna have to find that. Yeah, that's crazy. Because it's a warship at that time. Why do they need cetacean ops? But uh, who knows? Yeah. I, hey, dolphins are very good navigators. You need them. Or maybe they're good in tactical situations. Hey, th- those those bottlenose dolphins will attack people, so yeah. they can be aggressive. Yeah, so, I mean, you mentioned the spacewalks. There's, there's sonic showers, Argo. There's TNG font. Oh, my God. As soon as I saw the credits... With the TNG font, I felt like such a nerd. I was like, oh my god, they're using the TNG title fonts. This is the best. Yeah, pretty awesome, I think. It's interesting that they didn't create their own font mm-hmm. for this. You know what? I think it's so close to TNG anyway yeah. that it's perfect. And I forgot how much I missed titles in a Star Trek show. Yeah. Because Picard and Discovery don't have them in the actual show. Right. This show, unlike the other shows that you mentioned, are more episodic, mm-hmm. where we have more traditional Star Trek stories taking place. Right. Which I dig. I dig that. Uh, oh, I dig it too. Mariner drops a bunch of names at the end of episode one. Uh, which she's talking about Spock, Sulu, Kirk. Yep. Gary Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that Boimler was like, I don't even know who that is. I, I can look like, him up. I can look him up. Yeah, I can look him up. That That's perfect because, yeah, that was what, like 130 years ago from them? Yeah. Like, no one remembers that. Like, that's that's one mission in the original series. Right. The pilot. 
of the original. Yeah. So. But but that's that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. in the grand scheme of the voyage of the 1701, mm-hmm. that's like a footnote. Like who knows about Gary Mitchell? Yeah, that's that's probably true. I really well, that's sidetrack. Uh I wish sidetrack. Sidetrack. I wish <laughs> uh it was Gary Mitchell and not Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness, but I digress. Actually, I've been so bored during quarantine yeah. and I have uh, signed up for like comiXology and, as well as Kindle unlimited. Okay. And I've read almost every volume of the Kelvin timeline comics mm-hmm. and they're amazing. Really? Like they start doing their own stories and then they have these special events that kind of, tie in around uh, the different movies, but there's a consistent storyline and things keep going. And there is a brilliant story with Gary Mitchell. Oh, okay. That's like a little mini arc in those volumes and it's fantastic. And there is, so I know you don't like into darkness. I wasn't that much of a fan of it either, but There is a standalone volume called Star Trek Con. Okay. And it takes into darkness and it's like, cause it's his trial after the events of the movie. Okay. And he explains all the indiscrepancies. So we find out about why his face has changed, why, the ethnicity change and all of this stuff. And I don't want to give anything away, but it was brilliant. And it made me actually appreciate into darkness a little more. Okay. I'll have to check that out then. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So I think there's a, one of these Easter eggs, it's actually in the second episode going back to the Kelvin timeline Mm -hmm. In the background, there's one of those shops has Klingon weapons in it. All of the blasters are from different eras of Klingons. The original series, TNG blaster, the movie blaster. And then they also have a Kelvin timeline Klingon disruptor in there. Interesting. So... I love it. I love these Easter eggs. There is so many in the just these two episodes. Just the opening of the second episode. There's that little blue orb flying around and it goes through the ship the same way as the the one that we saw in what was it? The choice of TNG or what what was that called? Um is that The Child? The Child. Yes, the episode that was originally written for, I believe, Phase 2. Yes. And then became a Deanna Troy episode. See, I dug that up until... I don't want to give too much away. But uh, I dug how it came into the ship. I didn't like any of the interaction with it after that. (laughs) Oh, okay. But uh, it reminded me of a creature from Rick and Morty. Oh, and okay. You know what? I, I know we maybe we should address this okay. because that is one of the co-creators of, of Rick and Morty. 
And one of the things I wanted to say, you know, when you talked about this is a more episodic Star Trek, Mm -hmm. and I talked about a little bit about how I want to see these characters grow and I want to see a little bit more of their backstory. Uh, Rick and Morty is also very episodic, but there's these character beats that continue throughout the season of these seasons that grow and the characters grow. And I'm hoping and I'm confident that they will be taking that approach here with Lower Decks. I agree. I I think they will. I like especially setting up her parents. Like, why would they do that if they weren't going to pay that off? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be more with that. So it doesn't make sense to have that little orb be a one-off thing. It goes into the captain, right? Okay, you took it as that. I took that as he was so out of energy that just her bumping into him completely destroyed him. Oh, no, I took it as he is now inside of her building his energy back up and he's going to take her over. That's actually quite interesting. I, I thought that was more of a joke, like he's so tiny that just her passing him kind of exploded him. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, that's a little moment, a little throwaway moment in a teaser opening that what if that becomes a major plot point in a future episode? I hope it, I hope it does. Yeah, that, that would be great. I mean, that's how I took when I saw it. I was like, okay, this is going to come up again somewhere later in the series. Mm. But, but yeah. just the fact that she's debating what to say to like go to warp <laughs> like, what's her catchphrase? Hit it. That's awesome. Because right? we have Captain Picard engage. Uh, Pike is hit it. Wait, what is the Prime Universe? Ar- Archer's like, let's go. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Punch It was, Punch was it. the Kelvin. The movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Prime Universe is hit it. Just keep it the same. No way you have to change it. Um, <laughs> Make it so. Engage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I guess every captain definitely has a... Uh, catchphrase and, and that's why i like the joke yeah. like they're they take so many star trek tropes right and kind of turn them on their head right yeah i dig it oh my god and then when <laughs> when when boimler's on the on the planet waiting for um uh, mariner on the the risa section yeah the risen district of this colony and then the the lady was like Jamaharon, and I'm like, I know what that means. I, we, I've watched Star Trek. There's mm-hmm. that—that's the Ryzen terminology, and I—I I, I love it. I love all of the Easter eggs that just—they're not even Easter eggs. They're just—they're using the fabric of Star Trek to tell their story. Yeah, I think we can get into our impressions of the series uh, so far. Sure. So I think it's safe to say that we both overall enjoy the series. So yes. Far. Yes. I my hope is that it starts to take somewhat of a more serious tone. Okay. Uh, because I think some of the humor, especially the humor in the second episode, works. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the beginning with that little weird interdimensional monster thing. Okay, but if it pays off in the future, if, would you forgive that? I would forgive it, but then I'd be like. Mm. They should have, like, mentioned that this interdimensional being came on the ship and they interacted with it. Maybe it will. 
maybe it will come up. Yeah. Overall, I'm pretty positive with with what I've seen so far. I'm a big fan of, of Rick and Morty, uh, even though I'm not as caught up as I should be. But I very much think that the writing is very strong. There's really smart writing going on with the comedy and the situations. And like I mentioned before, taking a trope of your boss being angry with you because you're going to transfer out and turning that into a Star Trek you know, Gene Roddenberry, oh, I'm so positive and happy for you. I love that type of writing because you're taking these Star Trek tropes and writing them into the series and really capturing the fabric of what I think Star Trek is. Mm -hmm. And I know there's been a lot of criticism that, oh, well, you know, Star Trek's not supposed to be funny or, or this and that. And we've had plenty of what I would call like Star Trek comedy episodes. And there's very funny moments throughout every series. Yeah. Star Trek is not a hundred percent serious all the time. It's, it's never been that it's right. about not just exploring our humanity, but you know, these great interactions and sometimes Weird stuff just happens in Star Trek. And sometimes right. these characters are like, WTF, what is going on? Yeah. And I think that, you know, you have a crew that's maybe a little less spit and polish. They they are the se sloppy seconds. They are the second contact team. They're not the flagship of the Federation. So even if the captain may be a little bit more disciplinary, the crew is slightly more laid back. Mm -hmm. They still get the job done, but you see that in the opening of the show itself, the theme song, you see, you know, them get thrown into a, a star and fly away. There's a gigantic creature munching on the nacelle right, right. and I love that Star Trek is poking, not just poking fun of itself, but not taking itself as seriously as the fans think it should be. Because there's a lot of humorous things that go on in Star Trek. Yeah. The fact that they were pretty much like being slightly racist about the Ferengi was, was hilarious. Yeah. Because... I mean, that's Star Trek always deals with racism, but you know, you racism is all about, you know, these generalities of what we think races are. And, you know, that makes them seem a bit more, you know, human and, and down to earth, but it shows that we still need to grow because, oh yeah, you know, Ferengi like, oh, humans and right. you know that that kind of attitude and then you have mariners talk with him afterwards and he's very like oh i hope it went well and yeah it has you, you know that, that kind of, <laughs> yeah yeah and so that's what i like about this show is that it's not afraid to make star trek more fun and i love star trek i'm huge into star Trek and 
we all are. Mm-hmm. We're truckies. And that's what I appreciate about all of these series, like what we've gotten so far and what we'll get in the future, is that they're finally branching out Star Trek into different themes, different thematic presentations, different types of storytelling. So it's not, you know, ship goes from point A to point B, but even with lower decks, they're taking the trope of the A plot and the B plot, which was so prevalent in the next generation through Voyager. Definitely used in uh, Rick and Morty and used well in Rick and Morty. And I think Mm -hmm. it will be used well here as the series grows up. Uh, Sure. I didn't care for the first episode that much. Second episode, I adore. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that we'll we'll get even better. What do you rate this? My impression is that I think it's on a very positive track. Okay. I'm very entertained. I think if it can keep up this level of entertainment and increase the storyline as we get to know the characters, I think it can only get better from here. No, I agree. I would have given the first episode a C rating and the second episode B plus. So I, I would have given the first episode like a, a B B minus. Okay. I didn't hate the first Um, episode. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's like all pilots, you know, it, it has to do certain things in a pilot. Yeah. But I'm with you The the second one was so refreshing And it was, I think someone said this online, it felt like that one episode of Deep Space Nine where Nog and Jake kept trading favors (laughs) and like things kept happening where they were like bouncing back and forth. So I like this little adventure on a planet to secure, you know, the Klingon ambassador. Mm -hmm. I I think it was, I think it was very fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think I think that's a wrap. I think we did a, gr- yeah. a great episode in the COVID era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the great thing about um, our show is that, you know, we've always recorded this separate. Like, yeah. nothing's changed. It's just you upped your gaming stream yeah. technology. And now we've got this beautiful uh, live stream Uh, That will work well for a podcast, I think. Yeah, I I think so, too. I hope those who do watch it will enjoy it. And hopefully we can have some other cool stuff happen. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be good. But I'm I'm really excited for more Lower Decks. I mean, just the fact that we've got 23 weeks of new Star Trek. It's a lot. Oh, it's it's about time. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a season worth of like old school star trek though it's not like but with no hiatus or summer break that's true that's very true it's just a straight run through yeah it'll be cool it'll be cool uh actually the first no no picard was straight through there was no Mm -hmm. breaks there so yeah uh mr burry if we were to look for you yes on the internet how would how would we find you well it's all right there at trekkie b47 that's mainly on Twitter and Instagram. 
You can also check out my Power Rangers podcast also on the Four-Eyed Radio Network at rangercommand.com. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. And you can find me at Noble Charter on Twitter. Uh, It's right there. I'm I'm pointing on it. Both of our names. Yeah. Your name is over here. It is over here. Uh, you can find me at Nova Charter on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Twitch! Twitch. Which is how he did all this. Yes, it's where I've been learning about making cool overlays for, uh, for the live streams. Oh, yeah. So, so thank you all for joining us today. And uh, next week, this episode will be available as an audio podcast. I'm going to do some magic editing uh, to make Ooh. it all... Nice. Put the intro and outro in. It'll be it'll be mint. You'll like it. It'll be pro. <laughs> pro. <laughs> pro gamer. Um yeah, so until next time, everyone live long and prosper. And peace and long life, because I can't do that Vulcan <laughs> salute. So bye everybody. Bye guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can find us on the web at sfxscapepod.com, on Twitter and Instagram at sfxscapepod, and on facebook.com slash sfxscapepod.